Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek The Next Generation Season 3 Episode 4, it's called Who Watches The Watchers. So full spoilers for the episode, as always, uh, and yeah, just obligatory Watchmen joke, because uh, it's very close to Who Watches The Watchmen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you made that at the end of the last episode as well. I did, but I'm just, well that's, that's why I'm not really cracking a joke so much, I'm just saying, look, okay, acknowledging it, let's move on. Mm. we've mentioned it uh so yeah this joe this episode so as it was starting and i remembered kind of the, the premise from what we'd said last week because we always obviously ahead to the next one and the episode's starting and they talk about this planet man mintak and how it's like a proto-vulcan culture so it's like a, you know a, a little group of vulcans is it joe i like it but this actually this this premise is it so many of the planets we've encountered a primitive race or a primitive people have all been offshoots of humans. I kind of like that for once we found one that was an offshoot of another race that we've encountered. So... Small touch, but it's uh, nice. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, but you know, the episode's starting, and first of all, I didn't know Ray Wise was going to be in there. Leland Palmer's running around with the Vulcan ears on, uh, which was distressing me, <laughs> especially since he was running around with his daughter. So I was getting all these weird Twin Peaks, like, cross, crossing the streams moments. But... At the start of the episode, and I'm like, okay, we've got like a sort of primitive culture, and as always, we're doing prime directive stuff, we're doing We Can't Interfere, and obviously the whole plot of this episode is that, unfortunately, uh, Ray Wise, his, you know, his Mintakin Vulcan, uh, they never call them Vulcans, Once after the narration at the start that explains they're an offshoot of Vulcans, they always refer to as Mintakins, so I guess we'll stick to that. But uh, Ray Wise kind of catches them because they're, they're here. There was like an observation, a research post that was sort of in hiding, sort of sort of some like holotech, sort of on the cave or the, the the rock walls, so that they wouldn't know they were there. But there was a problem, so the Enterprise comes in to sort of save them after they have some sort of malfunction. There's like sparks flying, and half of them are knocked out. And unfortunately, Ray Wise, Mintakin, he he sees the away team uh, and falls, hurts himself. So Crusher makes the choice to beam him up uh, to to heal him, to fix him. And it becomes this thing, well, now he's witnessed some of the Enterprise. They try to wipe his memory. It doesn't take. And it becomes about how they kind of interpret. <laughs> I'll just say that for now. They interpret uh, the Enterprise and uh, Picard in particular. So... Uh, but as I was starting the episode, I was suddenly like, okay, we're doing primitive culture. These episodes tend to fall in the mediocre range. And I have to say, this episode kind of exceeded my expectations pretty much all the way through. Uh, and I think what's interesting about this is not so much that it's a knockout episode. This is not like you who or anything like that, but it, like it's almost like I felt the standard raise where if this is what a primitive culture episode is going to be now, I was way more into this than I think I have been in any any of the rest of them. That's interesting. I do not have that opinion. There's there's about mm-hmm. a ten minute section which I think is fantastic. Okay. There's, there's like I say ten minutes. It might be somewhere between the five and ten minute range that I think is is legitimately really great stuff. And then I kind of hate the rest of it. <laughs> For me, the rest of it didn't rise above that primitive culture. Nah, for for me it did. I mean, there was definitely hints of that. Like I sort of realised that was the type of episode I was watching, but 
there's a lot of really interesting once the, the main conundrum of the episode comes up which is that ray wise when he's lying in the you know the the med bay and he's kind of like conscious for like a second before crusher knocks him out again sees and hears picard and thinks picard's a god and he's he's, he's in heaven for like you know a couple of seconds and when he wakes back up they beam him back down to the planet he's convinced he's seen uh, there's like an ancient sort of mythology o- overseer the overseer yeah he says, I've seen the overseer, his name is Picard, and they keep referring to him as the Picard, and he's trying to convince you the rest of his Mentakin tribe that, like, the, oh, there's, there is a god, and there, he is powerful, and, he, you know, he, we, we have to associate him. And so not only is this obviously an issue, because now these people see Picard as a god, it's an issue because this wasn't a religious culture before this happened. Uh, yes, there's this ancient thing that they've long forgotten about, but they're, they're a race that has switched to science and logic, uh, I mean, which makes sense. They're, they're an offshoot of Vulcan. It makes sense yeah. that there's uh, elements of that in there. And so not only have, have they made themselves aware of Picard and the Enterprise in some fashion, they've also started a pivot in how they think and what their world is going to be like and later on when they're talking to like the, the head researcher who was researching them says yeah i mean now this has happened there's probably going to be holy wars you know a couple of centuries there'll be all, all sorts of things happening because of this so they have to fix this because because of that so it's a big prime directive episode there's a lot of stuff with uh okay because even, even when crusher first beams up ray wise picard comes in in the bed and he's furious and he says something really cold at one point where she says, look, the damage was done. He already saw the away team. We caused his accident. I could have just let him die. And Picard says, I'm not so sure I agree with that. <laughs> and I get what he's saying. He's saying that if he did die, then no one saw anything. And therefore... There's no problem. Yeah. But it's also really cold because, yeah, you're going to let an innocent being die. Uh, which you... Inadvert- I mean, you did cause it. I mean, he very indirectly. Indirectly. But he... I mean, the reason why he was even peeking is because he saw the, the, the hologram... Yeah. that wasn't there uh, so he saw the window of the observation deck and uh, and the in the cliff face and he, he sort of snuck up to get a peek and slipped and fell so you know and, and obviously his daughter did see him fall as well so even if they had wiped his memory his daughter did see something so it might still have I mean, maybe maybe not the exact same thing would have spread but there, there'd been a little impact maybe yeah it's hard to say she's like hey i saw you disappear into thin air uh, with a with a, a strange woman creature, like yeah, you know, that, that wouldn't be ideal. Yeah. <laughs> I try to explain that to the family. But admittedly, that that wouldn't have uh, created the the theology side of it or anything like that. But uh, no, like I, I thought the first chunk of the episode was fun. I thought the 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 general idea of like dealing with someone catching them by accident, because because so so many of these episodes, especially in the original series, uh, kind of just felt the same. Because this was a Vulcan offshoot, that was a little bit different. That doesn't necessarily mean the story's going to be any different, but that was at least a, a start. And then, you know, they sort of accidental sort of stumbling into it, I like, but it was really once it got to the, okay, how do we try and fix this? And can we fix this without, <laughs> like, interfering more? And the answer is ultimately no. To fix this, you're going to have to essentially own up to existing to on some level. Because they try. They, they get uh, Troy and Riker and uh, Vulcan gear and, you know, fake ears and all the rest of it and send so them down. go down and be like, hey, what are you on about? That's all, you know, ancient mumbo-jumbo. Until, of course, Rewise starts actually saying the Picard and then Riker's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry, it's worse than we thought. Yeah. <laughs> they think you're a god. Uh, and, 
like they end up actually because like because they, 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 they find like one of the scientists they were looking for because there was like three scientists they get two of them when they beam down but one of them like fell out of the the lab or whatever he was out in a thing or he stumbled away wherever he ended up far away from everyone else but the the Mintakins actually find him and they've got him and realize like oh this is why there's people that the the Picard's uh, servants were looking for like we we should protect them but obviously that makes it hard to beam them out because they can't beam them out in front of everyone so Riker has to like sort of steal them and it goes on the run and that's obviously they all start chasing them and Riker eventually like finds a little cave and they beam away and it's fine but Troy's left behind and because Troy was with Riker they start to say hey this is this may be her fault maybe we should punish her for the Picard so she's kind of down there as a you know as a not a hostage, but like, sacrifice to be. Yeah, sacrifice to be. Um, and that's, that's part of the episode's kind of whatever. Like, I, I, I wasn't necessarily in love with this part, but like, yeah, there was some fun stuff. Like later on, when when Data is trying to like talk to her and say, "Hey, we're we're looking for the leader because we have to like have Picard needs to talk to the leader basically to fix all this," and she's just like going, "Mm hmm," and like Data is not quite getting that that means yes or. Because because people are on her own, she can't just say yes, data, that, that, and start talking because she'll look a crazy person. But the rest uh, of them are there, like yes, that means yes, data. Just come on, carry on. Yeah, just go with it. Just go with it. Uh, so no, uh, but like so, yeah. Picard gets to this point where it's like, okay, we've affected them this much, and you know we can't not fix this. We can't just let it go down this path. We've, the the, the prime director's already broken, right? At this point, what is actually more damaging? like avoiding stepping in which first of all you have to save troy i mean you can't just let your crew member be killed uh it's only troy i knew you were going to crack a joke i knew you were going to do that uh but at the same time it's like well yeah but you've also completely shifted the direction this people were going in it may actually you know the only way you can convince them now is to show them the logical answer that no there is no god because because the leader of the 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 group which i'll just get the name of again i've forgotten it uh, nuria the woman who's in charge of the Mintakin tribe, she is doubtful at first of all this because she's going with logic, she's going with these things. But once enough stuff happens uh, to suggest that Picard does exist, she starts to shift as well. It's like, okay, well, now she's shifted. They are on this path to this more theology-based system. And so Picard makes the call of like, well, let's bring her up here and show her how it all works. Let's show the science and try and make her understand. And I assume this is the part you like, because this is my favourite part of the episode, is when she's on the, the ship. It was. And the little bit before, actually, when they're in the conference room and um, you know, the, the researcher is explaining, going, hey, look, they're going to have holy wars and whatnot. The only way to fix this is if you go down there as the Picard, you know, be the god and give yeah. them commandments, essentially. You know, <laughs> give, them, give them a Bible to live by. And, and we can kind of avoid some of this. Yeah, and, some and, of it. And then Picard getting really passionate of being like, absolutely not, I will not send them back down that path. I, I did quite like that moment. Yeah, that was a good moment. Uh, I, and I like that as well, because that was him saying, no, because that's still a theology path. That, that's still sending them down. Because uh, you know it, it was making me think as I was watching this scene in particular, that this airing in like 1988, 89, whenever this season was airing, like... Just how kind of far ahead of its time it was in terms of... I mean, nowadays it's quite it's quite normal for TV shows and movies to be very sort of, you know, open with their uh, atheist views or, you know, like not, not, not all not all ours, obviously movies with religious bents and things. But, like, I feel like in, in, when this came out, like, the, this this scene here where Picard outright says, you know, we get over our superstitious nonsense, uh, you know, like, I feel like that was probably kind of a big deal when it aired. 
like to have a character just openly say that and say no this was wrong and we finally yeah. got over it this is probably why Christians hate Star Trek, isn't it? It probably is why Christians hate Star Trek. <laughs> um, now, as an atheist, I'm I'm on board with all this, but I actually I just I was thinking about it as he was saying this that uh, like this is very in your face. And Star Trek, even the original Star Trek show, by its nature, kind of leaned towards this, but without ever saying it, without ever like outright having Kirk say had, something like that. It just had a distinct lack of religion. Yeah. So, you know, like I, I thought that was quite interesting, but. I loved this section. Like for me, this is like I mean, it's not that I was in love with the episode before. Like I was really enjoying it, but this this next ten minutes from this this discussion to her being on the ship, all of this stuff, I absolutely loved him trying to explain to her, uh, th- you know, through stuff she would understand. Like, hey, so you 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 once lived in caves, and you know, then you you eventually learned to build huts and you built arrows and things like that. You know, imagine if you went back and showed to to you know a a person of your kind who lived in the cave what would they think of you and tries to make the point that yeah it looks like magic it looks like you're doing things that you, you can't comprehend uh, that's all this is because we once lived in caves and then we built huts and then eventually we built ships like this yeah and it, I, I like what i really like here is, is that she seems to be understanding like she is putting these things together as as the conversation goes on he's not just giving her the answers she does seem to be following the train of thought yeah and, you know, and then she... it gets to the end and it's just like you didn't take any of that in at all did you well yeah there's a moment after that where she kind of hasn't taken it in um because she asked him to bring back some people back to life right she, she thinks he has that power and he's like no i can't do that like this it's not not possible and to prove it to her he actually takes her to the med bay where one of the scientists from who they got earlier you know two of them are up and running again but one of them is critical and one of them dies so he takes her down and says hey we can't save everyone like you know we, we can cure a lot more things we can mend a lot more wounds but ultimately death is still death and if, if someone's going to die we can't do anything about it um and this kind of gets the point across to her. But even even this scene, I didn't like it as much as the previous scenes, but it was really explaining stuff. But like, even this worked for me, uh, in quite, you know, quite a bit. Um, and also for Picard, like a big moment here is when, when they go down to save Troy, because there's at that point here where Troy, they're ready to burn Troy at the stake. They're ready to do it. And Picard just sort of walks in uh, with Nuria and says to Rewise, look, I'm just, uh, I'm just flesh. I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly the same type of, you know, person as you. Like, I'm, I'm a slightly different species, but I'm still mortal. I'm not a god, and tries to make this clear. But Rewise is, is too devout at this point. He's not, he's having none of it, and he, he points the arrow eventually at Picard, and Picard's like, look, if, if the only thing that's going to prove to you that this is nonsense is, is you know my death like he you know, i think this is quite a big deal for picard because he's like yeah i'm willing to die over this like to, to prove to these people that this isn't what, what what's going on he'll he'll you know he'll t- and for me this is why it just it's head and shoulders above every other primitive culture episode we've ever done because the actual debate and the actual like problem with it and the way it's solved and the actual picard sticking to his morals and trying to make sure he doesn't send them on the wrong path was easily the most interesting plot line we've had with this type of episode and it, it absolutely is which is why you know i, I start by saying yeah there is this 10 minute section that i kind of love and then but everything before that you were a lot more into than than me i, I still kind of found to be the the usual tedium but this is type of episodes. Uh, but this is why i say it felt like this had leveled up this is that's the I, I was getting those like vibes when i when whenever we've heard that oh season three of next gens when it kind of really takes off if this is what the primitive culture episodes have risen to you know versus what they've always been like i can feel the upgrade here i I feel like 
okay, they, they, they took a concept that Star Trek has done over and over again, and they asked interesting questions with it. They gave us this problem where, oh, someone got a glimpse of Picard, and now they worship him like a god because they think he's a he's a deity. <laughs> they think he's, you know, got, got godlike powers because of the, the, the transporter beams, because of... Uh, you know, Ray Wise thinking he died and came back to life. He didn't. He was just, you know, he was he was treated for some broken legs, yeah. presumably, and maybe <laughs> something else. Can't maybe I'm slightly misremembering. I feel like this is the second episode recently. It might not have been in this season, but mm. towards the end of the last season, where it has subverted the uh, the godlike being uh, as well, because that's essentially what this is here. Here, Picard is the godlike being. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I never really thought about that, but you're right. Uh, this this is kind of turning that on its head and saying, no, this other culture thinks Picard's the godlike being. Because so, yeah. many, so many of the episodes we had a uh, original series, especially, were encountering a being that to us felt like a god, but it was really just some ancient alien that had power that, you know... So, 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 some uber science. Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous just how many the original crew encountered when, like... You know, because next gen, just by the time frame, is out much further in space, and it feels like they, if it doesn't feel like <laughs> like they, they encounter them that much, or that people talk about all these weird beings that the original crew encountered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just none of them read the history books. Yeah, I, I, well, that's because Q is kind of their version of it, but Q is more interesting because they're actually adding to him over time and saying, "Hey, there's a Q race. This is, you know, what he is, and the collective, and all these other things." I think it's it's more interesting because it's a recurring thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting because Q was in the the, the pilot, and then he did he pop up again in season one? I think he did. Yeah, at least once. Yeah, and then of course he showed up in Q Who in season two, and I think what's interesting about Q is that. He, he legitimately got better each time because, you know, the, the, the pilot wasn't a great episode of this show. You know, it was whatever. But when he popped up again, it was a bit more interesting. I mean, he popped up in Q Who. I mean, maybe it's just because of the interest of Borg, but even him having a, like, a backstory with Gainan, or at least his people having a backstory with Gainan, it was all, oh, okay, what are we doing with this? And it was like, hey, yeah. they're actually doing interesting stuff with Q. And I, I don't know how much of that was planned when they introduced him back in the pilot, or if it was, you know, something they probably, thought of later. Probably very little. I remember, I think the second one was uh, where he tested Riker. Right? Yeah, that sounds right. Um, that was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like they kind of just went, well, let's bring him back. You know, and then from there, it was like, well, we can kind of just keep doing this now. Yeah. Uh, but no, I like. I, I think the the questions this poses, uh, Picard's insistence in trying to appeal to the intelligence of this woman to say, "Hey, you will eventually build ships like this yourself one day." But there's, there's a great moment actually where she says that she says, "Oh, maybe my people will one day, you know, fly up, you know, amongst the stars." And Picard just kind of to himself says, "Of that, I have no doubt," kind of thing, you know, because he's he's seen her and he's impressed by the way she's comprehending things and. You know, just little things where she she sort of quickly guesses that wait, I'm looking at the clouds from the other side. That's what that's what I'm seeing right now. When you know these yeah. people have never seen a planet, like they've not, no, not at all. They, they don't even have telescopes. Yeah, they've never seen anything like this. So, like this stuff was was all very interesting to me and uh, kind of what Star Trek is best at. And like I say, it's not a Q Who. It's it's not one of the the standout episodes, but. If this is if this is going to be like the lower end now, where this is kind of the que- this is how it poses questions and how it sort of explores them, to me this is what Star Trek's best at, and, and that always has been. Even the you know the original series, Star Trek was at its best when it was exploring ideas, and this took a trope of two different types of of uh, original series episodes: the Godlike being one, and of course the one that we've been talking about, the Primitive Culture episode, and it, it put a new spin on both of them and asked interesting questions about about them. So. 
Yeah, it was it was almost like uh, that thing that you sometimes see, like uh, in comic books, where the, the, the original version of some of the stories will be really cheesy and just kind of like not thought out to any like great level. But then years later, you know, in, in the modern age, like some writer will take it and go, you know what, I can do a deep story with this. I can do something that actually, like, I mean, I guess it's not a great example because it's not necessarily a deep story, but like the fact that batman's origin originally was like two pages of just bullet points this 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 this, and then you have year one in the 80s which was like no here's actually going into the story and actually extrapolating drama out of it and saying here's what the journey yeah adding some context yeah uh so it kind of reminds me of that in the sense that you know those got like being episodes it's like okay something mysterious powers happening spectacle this wasn't that i mean in many ways, Next Gen is not about spectacle. It has the odd moment, but it's more about the ideas. It's more about discussing the ideas. Uh, which is exactly why New Trek shows are n- nothing like what people think of as Star Trek traditionally, because we're not allowed to have those shows anymore. Everything has to be action, bang, bang, flashy, flashy. Yeah, it, it feels in that sense a lot like uh, the game industry, where it, there comes a point where they just decide, yeah, that genre's dead now. It doesn't sell. When... It does. The audience never went away. It, and as soon as they bring it back, oh, hey, look, this game really sells well. This is this is a huge hit. Yeah, yeah, obviously survival horror is that for me. I think another thing I'd argue in there, to, to an extent, not quite the same, but turn-based combat, I feel like there was a time when, like, all JRPGs were turn-based combat, and now most of them, not all, but most of them are slashy games where you're, like, you know, pressing a button to slash a sword or, or whatever yeah. and over and over again. Like, because that's more action-y. And as someone who's just played the Final Fantasy VII remake demo, like, I was bored of fighting within, like, five Why minutes. Why the turn-based mode? Is it turn-based mode? Yeah, yeah, they've got the combat, like, uh, they've got a turn-based combat mode uh, system in there as well, like the original. You can just swap between them. The demo did not make that clear. Okay, I'd, I'm fairly sure it's in the demo because I know I'm sure I saw someone mention it, but it's definitely a thing that the game has. It took me like forty minutes to beat that demo, and I I had no idea that existed. Uh, but like the, the point I'm making is that uh, because the old version is seen as the boring one, and maybe they put it in there as an option for people who care about it. But you know, like it's moved on now. Now it has to be like, you know you're jumping around like Devil May Cry. Like it has to you know be the new yeah. f- fancy fangled version. Yeah, when there is almost certainly still an audience for the other one. There, there wasn't like a, a decline in interest. It was just they decided, the powers that be decided that this is not what people want anymore. And I, I feel the same here with, with Star Trek. Like I was saying like the powers that be have decided that people don't want these sorts of shows anymore. They want action. They want you know excitement. And and I'm sure that there, there absolutely are people who want that because of course there are. You know, the, the, there is an audience for both, though. They're, they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah, and maybe, and maybe, sure, and maybe to an extent, Star Trek was the way it was because, okay, there's only so much action, flashy stuff we can do in TV in the 60s or the 80s or, you know, like whenever. Like, TV by its nature did not lend itself to what TV can do now. But that's one of these cases where that benefited it, is what made it what it was. And it forced it to have the better reign, it forced it to have these interesting debates. Um, and just because that's why it is the way it was, and that's not to say that I'm not shitting over Picard or, or Discovery right now, because there's there's parts of both those shows that I enjoy, there's parts of both those shows that I dislike. But I think it's safe to say that neither of them feel like traditional Star Trek. Uh, the new movies did not feel like traditional Star Trek. No, I'd say that there are the back half or about two thirds of season two uh, did feel fair uh, of, of Discovery. That is, did feel 
like Star Trek for for the most part. Um, it that felt like what it, what you would expect an updated version of Star Trek to be, uh, and still be fairly true to what Star Trek was. Uh, season one and other parts of, of season two of that definitely did not. The movies definitely did not. And from what I've heard of Picard, doesn't really fit into that mold either. What's so funny about it is that if you think studios would like the idea of like having their budget, because you could see see if like Picard and Discovery were more like original Trek, and I'm not saying like make the effects look bad. I'm saying that the shows we were describing, like the classic Star Trek shows, would require half or maybe even a third of the effect shots <laughs> that that these shows have. When you think of all the space battles that they've thrown in there, you think of all the all the other things that they've done. Like you could literally half the budget. And not harm the quality. If anything, the quality might go up because it forces the writing to be better because it forces all these other things. Uh, so, I mean, there, there is a financial benefit to it as well, but they, they want to have the spectacle. They want to say, hey, look at this stuff. We can compete with the movies and we can yeah. we can do that. Uh, but I just hope it doesn't... Because obviously, uh, I, I am, for the most part, still enjoying Discovery, at least. I hope that you know this significantly heightened budget uh, doesn't kill trek again essentially uh sure yeah where it's just too expensive to keep producing if it's not pulling in the uh the figures yeah yeah and they're just like ah forget it and you know we'll go 15 years without anything well i mean at least if that does happen we're getting such a such a concentrated dose uh, over the next couple of years between picard discovery we're apparently getting an enterprise show with pike uh we're getting section 31 <laughs> like there's so much condensed trek in the space of a couple of years that yeah i think i read this week they're actually doing uh that they've internally greenlit season five of discovery and they want to essentially you know just go straight into shooting it immediately because i think season four has pretty much finished shooting uh and Wait, they, oh, no, no season three is obviously finished shooting that's coming soon yeah i was gonna say you're a number yeah. ahead there what the hell am, yeah Season four is about to start production soon. Uh, they, they're going to start shooting in the next couple of months. And they're, uh, the, the internal reports that are coming out are that they're, they're going to just shoot five back to back with it. I mean, five could be the last one then. I mean, if, if, if they've got a game plan. Yeah, it's uh, possible. Yeah. Maybe, that's where they, maybe that's where they wrap it up. But who's this to say? Uh, yeah. But no, but no, I, I, I like this episode a lot. I, for me, this, this felt like a, like a proper Trek episode. Uh, it doesn't quite actually have quite the you know the atmosphere that uh, like Q Who did. It doesn't quite have the maybe to the level of debate that uh, Measure of a Man did. But this is where I'm feeling the upgrading quality for season three, where even this type of episode for me was hitting a lot of marks. This is definitely my favorite of the season so far. Uh, not a lot of competition, mainly episode four. But <laughs> yeah, I think for me this is a lot more of a frustrating episode because I think that that ten fifteen minutes that I that I do love is probably the best section of anything this season it's it's the best of any of those godlike beings or primitive culture episodes that that alone is better than any of them but it's so for me uneven with the rest of the episode uh that it's it's hard to rank it overall as an episode as particularly strong because even though that bit is fantastic for me there is still you know two-thirds of it is the the tedious kind of okay here's the by the numbers section that i didn't really care for I don't know. I didn't feel like it was by the numbers. I felt like it was a natural progression to me, but I guess it's out of taste. Although it's worth mentioning, the IMDb average rating does seem to side with me because it's got an eight point one. So no, yeah. Uh, so I, th- I think the peoples in general are more on my side, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, I like the episode quite a bit, and I'm 
I'm, you know, I am very happy to be in season three. If this is kind of where these types of episodes are landing, where I'm like, I didn't know, I, I didn't realize I could like an episode about this sort of subject as much as this because I'm, I'm conditioned at this point to think they all suck or at least at best are mediocre. So, uh, what's coming up next time? We have the bonding. Uh. A startling surprise awaits the crew of the Enterprise when a mission costs the life of a crew member who left her son behind. Okay. Okay, alright. Um, we'll see, yeah. That doesn't actually <laughs> tell us that much of what to expect. It doesn't, no. Um, is it going to be a really sort of downbeat episode because everyone's going to be kind of mourning and... Yeah. It's going to be sad or... There are some of these descriptions where I get a sense of, okay, I know kind of the tone to expect of what this is going to be. or uh, Maybe we're do what we're dealing with, like, okay, primitive culture. Maybe I get an idea of, okay, it's kind of one of those things. This, I've got nothing. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that's the bonding next time. Uh, so, yeah, we talked about uh, who watches the Watchers, which I would never really mentioned actually. That I think about it, but yeah, obviously Picard gets shot with the arrow. He doesn't die though because they the realize his daughter kind of pushes him, and he, so yeah. he gets hit in the shoulder. They see the blood, and that's kind of enough. Uh, there's a nice little scene at the end though where uh, Picard's kind of saying goodbye to them, and uh, they're like, "Hey, never forget us." And he's like, "Oh, I never will." Like you know, this, yeah. This, this. They acknowledge that th- this this group of of uh, of the, the the race knows that that. The watch post is there, and they'll be watching for God knows how long, but they can't interfere, and you know they, they just have to pretend they don't know they're there. Yeah. So, no, there you go. Uh, so, as what you think of who watches the watchers in the comments below? You can like and subscribe, all that stuff. Get us in the the Twitters at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the show and everything we do, head over to Patreon.com/slash/mailfuzztv, and you can support us for as little as one dollar per month. Get some bonuses for your troubles. Five dollar tier gets you early access to a bunch of stuff and some voting rights. So go and have a look and see if you're interested. Uh, but otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Keep watching Star Trek. And remember that when it comes to the ladies, Wesley Crusher is in complete control. <laughs>